0: you enjoy sitting at the pub or at the ground, listening to two blokes tell you who's going to win the footy and why? You know, the type of guys that puff out their chest and say, hey, say after their obscure multi comes up. Well, if you do, this is the podcast for you. The AFL in 2019 is unreliable. Yet again, teams sitting first and second on the ladder lost to teams outside the top eight in another frustrating week for dipsters. But what is always reliable is the service, food, and beverages on offer at the Yorkshire Hotel. On the corner of Punt Road and Language Street in Abbotsford. it's a footy pub that will never let you down. And speaking of things that will never let you down, the bloke next to me is as reliable as they come. And after a refreshing weekend off from coaching in the cold, wet League of Ammos... Big Baz, how are you traveling?
1: I'm good, mate. I'm good, very well. Uh, tonight was a, sh- a shocking night for training. If you, everyone should know by now that uh, winter is here and the winds are currently in, we're experiencing here are unbelievable, uh, so there's a lot of missed targets tonight at training, but it's good fun still. You used to call me on my cell phone late night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone.
0: What wasn't fun for you, mate, I think was the uh, AFL on the weekend. I've never seen you blow up more. No, it didn't really blow up. You just, you cracked the sads. You cracked the sads and you just checked out on the season in terms of your club. And we'll get to them in a bit. But I felt like when you were cracking the sads about your club, the rest of the AFL media would be cracking the sads about the state of the game. And there's no more boring topic in the history of boring topics than the state of the game. So I said, you know what? Let's not bore our listeners with that. That is better than that. Let's talk about the state of their team. Let's I'm, get full nuffy with them
1: and say, is their season cooked or is it not? I'm glad you didn't bring up the state of the game because that would just infuriate me. And I've I, I I heard a lot of shows this week talking about it. And
0: it's been a little cheeky drive-by. It's like, oh, how bad was the weekend? Well, yeah, it was cold, it was wet. Yeah. And teams didn't play good footy.
1: Tell you what, if you want to see some uh, some good footy, come there and watch Amos, Because uh, there's no 666. There's no uh, really you know, that slow play and stuff, it's a pretty attacking sort of footy and teams go for it. So if you want that, come watch some amos, but footy always evolves. Mm -hmm. So just the way it's been played now, it'll change again in a year or two. All it takes is one team to win a flag with a certain style and you'll see it change because everyone will try and copy it. So, and we'll talk about a few teams with their game styles and how they're going to get, how they could be dangerous heading into finals, I assume in the next segment when we talk about each club.
0: Yep, basically. So what we're going to do Is that a couple of weeks ago, sitting in the uh, MCC members bar, I worked down the punter's scripture tiers. Basically, groupings of teams and how we can treat them in terms of a punting perspective. I'm going to review them because we've made some changes to the tiers. Some teams will be very, very happy. Some will be quite sad. And we'll start at the bottom here with the battlers. So the obvious battlers are Gold Coast, Carlton, you said at the start of the year, 61 to 75. I recommend I fall back into that at the back end of the year. Now that teams are starting to gear up The teams I play against Will start to make sure They don't get scored against We have a new addition To the battlers though Baz Here's Let's talk right to... about St Kilda
1: Yeah they're done
0: So rounds 1 to 5 They went 4 and 1 And everyone said I was an idiot Because I said they wouldn't win a game In 2019 yep. And potentially I was an idiot For saying something As ludicrous as that <laughs> probably, But since Probably went a bit hard yeah. Went a bit hard But yeah. rounds 6 to 16 They had 2 and 8 And they averaged 72.9 points per game Which is right in that Battler zone so it might be a question to you, and it is the talking point, the other tired talking point. Should they cut ties with Richardson and start preparing for 2020?
1: Well, when you tell a coach that he has to make finals to be there next year, and there's a, at round 10 or 11, that it's made clear they're not going to make finals. Uh, so he knows he's not going to be there. He knows the club is searching out other and you know, speaking to other coaches, trying to gear him up for next year. It doesn't, it gets around to the players, it gets around to the you know, to the group and everything like that. It, it makes for an uneasy environment. Mm-hmm. So when they told it, when they told him this, at Port, after they went got back from China against Port Adelaide, their performances have been real ordinary. know you could have excused Port Adelaide the, the, the China performance because if everyone was sick, but since then they've been pretty ordinary, like yeah. real bad uh, skill level wise, the way they're playing, uh, and just how easy they are to score against. And so they should have after they lost to Richmond they should have said, all right, look, you're not going to be here next year. We'll give Rats the gig for the rest of the year. The players then know, the players are aware, you know, and it's a, it's a fresh start. Yeah. Everyone can look forward to next year. Richie can start looking for an assistant job next year. Rats can put his hand up show you why he wants the gig and should be given the gig um, and all those sorts of things. And I think and, and until they do that, they'll just keep getting thumped. Like, there's other teams that their coaches are under fire during the week and, you know, they're, they're sticking with the coaches and the players come out and respond. St haven't come out and responded. No. So that's...
0: And we saw that with Carlton, and we saw that with North. Yeah. And their refreshment saw them actually have a bit of an upspike with North now apparently going to be Premieres. in the hunt for yeah. more finals at least. Yeah. And then Carlton at least not getting thumped each week. Yeah. And playing the style of footy that makes the fans want to turn out, and which they did.
1: And Well, so... well Carlton now scored 100 points three times this year and they've lost two of them. So it's yeah. that's that's an upward spiral for them. You know, we're, we're worried about how they'd go second half of the year given their history over the last four or five years they've actually started really well since the buy, and, and they look like they're going to be competitive and Gold Coast you know they got thumped yes on the weekend but they've they've been few and far between those sorts of games they've been you know four or five goal defeats most weeks because they stay in the game they're competitive but with a young team you, know, you get the drop off but the yeah they're definitely the new addition of St Kilda and, and you probably almost add uh, at Melbourne to that as well they're not far off it. So... Mate, um, it was
0: a big, big win on the weekend for Melbourne, surely.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny how I cop a lot of st- stick for saying they over-celebrate, but when commentators like Jaddy and Carol and that go with it, you know, it must be onto something. But, yeah, for me, St Kilda, definitely the new addition to battlers. Don't ever back them to win. Um, and, yeah, they should be cutting ties down in Richmond. I mean, I'll be very, very surprised if they cop a hiding, which they really technically should for... Uh, with Geelong wanting to bounce back, and I'm pretty sure it's at, it at Cadinia? It's
0: at Cadinia and stay tuned because I've got a tasty, tasty, roughy bet this week
1: to do with that game. Well, yeah, I think once they get done, if they get done by a bit, uh, I think you'll find out that, um, yeah, see you later, Alan Richardson. you will be gone by Monday. So speaking
0: of Melbourne, that brings us into the segue of the Untouchables. So these are the teams that, despite what the experts say, despite what the numbers say, uh, despite what their list suggests, what Champion Dutta says... They're teams that should be performing well that we should be backing, that should be leading up the ladder, but we just cannot get a grasp on what they'll bring week in and week out. And as such, we cannot go anywhere near them in terms of a punting or a tipping perspective. So all year they have been Melbourne, Port Adelaide and Essendon and we have a new addition. Frio.
1: Yep, it's fair enough too. Uh, uh, untouchables, I reckon that's pretty harsh on Port. So I've, I've gone over Port and I've been obviously watching a bit of TV. And Port are like, a bit like Brisbane uh, they, and probably a bit like Essendon. They play a certain style. They play quick, mm-hmm. fast. They like to flick it around. They go through the corridor. Now, where Port and Brisbane differ a bit from Essendon um, at the moment, although Essendon in the last three or four weeks have really improved on this, is they can score from other areas, so from from final pressure, from turnovers and stuff like that, where Essendon were mainly a defensive scoring side, um, scoring from the back half turnovers, yep. not the forward half turnovers. So Port and Brisbane play that style, and that means that they, yeah, they take it on and stuff, and like, you know, Brisbane were unbelievable and so were Port on the weekend, but if they're not 100% on, it does, and they're not putting that pressure and effort in, the way they play does leave them exposed yeah, the going the other way. way. Yeah. So that's probably what, why where we get it with those, uh, the inconsistencies. Hmm. But Melbourne have been consistent in the way they've played all year and been ordinary, so they've, they're definitely untouchables. And Freeman are a, t- a team at the moment that I think they rate themselves a bit highly, they're blaming other things. They're almost a Melbourne, where everything's, everything that's happening is not their fault.
0: And also, they're getting treated like Melbourne in the media. So I, did watch, I only watched a couple of highlights from Monday show. they are going back to my Monday hiatus. But I did see a little clip saying that their loss to West Coast on the weekend wasn't that bad.
1: Yes, that, that, yeah, he said that wasn't and, that bad. And if you take out the scoring where they kicked two goals nineteen, they would have been competitive. Or
0: yeah, it would have been it would have been like a, only a two goal loss. Even it?
1: even though the, the fact is though they lost by ninety one points, and seven of those scores were from rush behind. Mm. So and they leaked goals the other way, and they, they never looked in the game. And it, yeah, it was that second quarter from West Coast was unbelievable. But yeah, I can't have Fremantle. they they're in the Melbourne bracket of. Everything It's everyone else's problem, not theirs. And their style of football and everything is, is fine. It's, it's something else that's a problem. So
0: my question to you is, has Fremont actually been pretending all year? So we had kind of last year, we were a bit iffy on Melbourne. The year before, we were like, no, Melbourne's building, Melbourne's building. We can trust them, we can trust. them." And then we yeah. went, no. Like, actually, they're not that good. Yeah. And then last year, they made a prelim. They got thumped. Yeah. They got found out. They're not actually that good. And this year, I think, is the real Melbourne. It's that one-way... Nothing else. They can't adapt. The players either don't know how to or don't choose to. And I think that's the same, very much the same with Freo. So they have got this dour style of footy that they like to play. Yep. But they did have little glimpses of high-scoring first-round early doors. They'll beat up on the team occasionally, but the most reliable kind of game style is this super dour style of footy. Is that the real Freo, and have they pretending in their in their big wins that there's something else?
1: I think it's a real Freo, and you you see. A big barometer for Fremantle is the Hills, the Hill brothers, or mainly Bradley and and Walters. If they they get shut out, then they're and they really lack um, speed on the outside, and that's another thing where you know we'll get to Adelaide and stuff soon. But um, Port really got Adelaide on the outside, so they, they knew that. So if they could flick it and bring the pressure and just, you know run the ball, they had I had Adelaide covered. I think that's where Melbourne are really really slow. And Fremantle, you take away you know the Hills. Mm and you know Walters and you know, maybe one or two others they're quite slow that midfield of Fife and um Mundy and, and um Conker they're quite slow they haven't got a lot of pace through the midfield so yeah and, and obviously you know, they got a big ruck issue they went back to Sandlands, which for me was just stupid on just stick with Darcy and let him play um but you know Ross Ross is Ross and he likes to do things his way and Maybe there's a bit of, you know, whether he's going to be around there next year, even though he's come out and said that he's definitely staying there, there. You know, is he going to be there? And maybe that's might be playing on the players as well. They've definitely got a good list. Mm. It's probably not playing the right style of football. And yeah, they've got a few injuries, but other clubs have got plenty of injuries and not using it as an excuse. It's only really or and Refereo, so. Yeah,
0: And hence why they're in that category. The next category is called the tryhards. These are the teams that we can expect certain things as non-negotiables. There'll be effort off the ball. So that's secondary stoppage. Um, tackle counts, secondary stoppage pressure counts, and to score enough—that's like in that next bracket up from the battlers. So when you're 75 to 91, week in, week out, reliable. That's how they play. Yep. I do it every week. At the moment, I've got uh, Sydney, Western Bulldogs, North, and the new addition is Hawthorne And I think that's that's the big development. So early early in this season, everyone was talking about are they going to rebuild? Are they going to just play the kids? And of course we learnt the big number one rule in footy is never doubt Alex Clarkson. Yep. And he's fixed it pretty much in half a season and they're, got, they're playing a reliable standard of football that season being competitive every week. And I don't, I don't quite buy into the comments where he says like, no, we're aiming for finals. I think they're just aiming to play consistent a consistent footy, yep. style of football that like, sets them up for next season. I think
1: going through uh, the Hawks' record this year, if, you, if they play teams, so like a Geelong... West Coast Collingwood those sorts of GWS teams that like to kick and control the football uncontested mark and and not take it on but like they're slow they're pretty slow with their ball movement it allows Hawthorne to get numbers behind the footy mm-hmm. and then they can reload and, and you know attack from the out like switch it and go the other way and I think that's what you know that's really what happened against Collingwood was Collingwood just allowed them to get numbers because I was so slow and West Coast the week before and um, you know GWS as well the ball movement was quick enough so they would to get numbers behind and you know we haven't got a tall foreline, so if you kick it long down the line and Cox is out positioned like he was, the ball hit the deck and it just came back the other way. And I think that's where he hasn't really changed a lot about his game style. But you just know he's going to get yeah. So that you know that they can get caught up as well, and they march. They're going to struggle to score. Yeah, they are going to struggle to score, and we've seen that this year, especially recently. But at least you know they're going to be well set, well structured, well set up. Everything's you know mm. above board, and if they put in a good effort and things go their way, they're, they're within a sniff as well. So, hmm. yeah, they're pretty reliable. Um, Sydney are reliable because you know what they're going to get every week. They play the same style. Well, again, they've started to be, be a bit more f- forward pressure, but um, that's just pl- that's player driven. They haven't got Buddy sitting down there. So, you know, Bla- Blakey works his ass off, you know, Papley, those sorts of blokes. The Doggies, I think, I don't know if they're tryhards. You don't? They've got, they got a really good midfield. Mm-hmm. But their forward line and back line, you know, struggle a bit. They're actually one of the teams they... I think they are the leading inside 50s for the comp up, up until the weekend. Yep. Um, but they struggle to score. So, again, you know, I suppose you know... What but it's consistent. Yeah, it's, it's more consistent. More consistent. Yeah.
0: They, don't, they don't play the same style. and same with North. Like, North are very much just a bludgeon team. Yeah. They'll just hit you hard physically and then hope that you get tired, essentially, and then they'll capitalise when you fall yeah. off. I think, but most of those times when you go into a game, it's not like Port or Freer or Melbourne where you go... We could get one or two things. It's, we'll get this, we'll get this every week. And whether or not the other team is good enough to withhold it yeah. is is more the issue. So you know what you're going to get? They're very, very reliable. They're not the best teams in the competition, but you definitely know when you're going to tip, tip with them or maybe even punt on them, what you're going to get. The next one is one of my favourite ones, where we shut down some myths. So, these are the overrated sides. Yeah. I mean, we got a massive confirmation. We don't get much right, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> but we definitely got this one right. Yeah, Adelaide are horrible. Adelaide are no good. They are yeah. not a top four side. They are barely a top eight side. Yeah. And, and they got found out
1: on the weekend. And what's going to happen is that they're going to come out and smash or beat Gold Coast comfortably on yeah. the weekend. And everyone the will say they're fixed. They're back. You know, it's a bit like Melbourne. Hmm. You know, everyone was right in Melbourne, right in Melbourne. And they had one win against someone. And they're like, oh. They're back. Yeah, they overcelebrated. They were ahead of themselves, and the next week they lost to a Buddy Gold Coast. I can't remember well. They yeah. just beat Gold Coast, and they've had two real lucky wins this year, Melbourne against Gold Coast and Carlton. Mm. Like within you know a kick that they yeah. should have lost if both those teams had a bit more composure. Yeah, and a bit 100%. more, a bit more experience. It's unbelievable. Anyway, um, yeah, Adelaide are definitely done, and you've got new addition Collingwood and GWS. Yes,
0: yeah, so. Uh, we'll start with Collingwood because you, you were definitely... You were throwing the toys out of the cot on the weekend. Since the bar, you've averaged 60 points for... And you've won a game against the Dogs, which you probably shouldn't have. Yep. You were terrible against North. We only kicked 37 points. And against Hawthorne, you partook in basically what was the most unwatchable game of 2019. So, are you overrated? And well, people have come out and said things like it's the most overrated midfield in the competition... They've come out and said Cox needs to stop being held up to his prelim final standards. That, you know, your list, the injuries and the injury list will prevent you from playing any meaningful circumstance in finals. Are we buying
1: into that or are we overreacting? Right, firstly, on Friday night, I was expecting us to come out breathing fire. Yeah, Didn't, didn't say it. No. it was, and that was probably the biggest concerning thing for me after Friday night was that we didn't have a response. And not having a response after the shit we've copped the last two weeks, but previous to the Hawthorne game, is that's that's I'm scared about this Friday night. We're only scoring from stoppages. We're not we're not keeping the ball in the front half. We're having issues with ground ball, uh, especially inside our 450, where it's just getting picked up and rebounded out too easily. Uh, we're not having enough inside 50s. Our midfield's getting beaten. Uh, there's, there's so many issues wrong that's, that since, we, since the buy, pretty much or just before the buy, it started and you just sit back and go, since Fremantle really and you think well, yes we've got lots of injuries but we're doing alright with these injuries beforehand and like I said last week I actually said that GWS and Collingwood have similar midfields in the fact that we're all touted to be really gun midfielders we don't have anyone doing the blue collar sort of stuff so mm-hmm. a lot of one way sort of shit and no no defense, no, uh, I'll protect myself to help him get the footy, it's all, I'll get on the fly and start trying to win the footy or someone else will get it out to me when sometimes you just need to put your head over it and win it yourself and, you know, is probably the only one from GWS you say that stands up under that. Um, at Collingwood, you know, you probably say Taylor Adams is not playing and, and Sire hasn't had the greatest uh, years since last year, like I know he's been carrying injuries and stuff but he's still playing so there's no excuses. And both Collingwood and GWS have the same issues where we, we, we can only really score from stoppages. And once the team's figured that out, well, we're pretty predictable. Mm. So our ball use has been up. We're not taking the game on. And this week I've seen that, you know, he's made a couple, another change with Noble. So he's got, you know, Quiner and Noble on a team that had a bit of spare, speed and a bit of flair on the outside. But that doesn't help the the issue of our midfield inside. And Grundy looks sore. You know, just a few things that aren't right and... I'm really worried about what's going to happen to us in the West Coast this weekend. So, but is it still an overreaction though? Because when you say from Fremantle, that's a five-game
0: sample size of a 23-game season. So even if you get done, worst case scenario, you guys get done by 60. Yeah, it's in Perth. You are out of form. West Coast coming into form on the back of a massive derby win.
1: Yeah, we're going to play. We've got we got, we've got some still... big games. We've got J- Richmond, WS, those sorts of teams. So you consider not finishing the top four? Oh, we'll, we'll struggle about right the eight. I reckon at this rate, unless we get some players back and turn around and and we actually have. Bring back that hunger and desire, the frontal pressure and that that we had last year, and actually start winning the ball in our forward fifty, and you know keeping the ball in our forward fifty because, like JWS, you look at that JWS, you look at when the ball went in, you look at Cameron, he's out of the game, and Cox is pretty much out of the game once the ball goes to the ground. Yeah, the goalie doesn't put a lot of forward pressure on, you know. You you're seeing at Essendon even a bloke like Jake Stringer, the most overrated, overhyped football in the comp, putting on forward pressure and tackling blokes. So, if he can do it, then surely, you know, blokes like Thomas and those sorts of guys can do it. And, you know, Callum Brown and Dacos are probably the only two blokes that have really stood up around there. And, you know, they haven't been great either. So, yeah, it's, it's a worry. And it's the, same, it's the exact same stuff for Jerry West. When they get hunted, they they can't play their game style. And North Melbourne did it to him for a period. And they got out in the last quarter because I think North got a bit tired and... They clash prevailed a bit and helped with mummy was playing but against Brisbane they just got out hunted and, and watched, again it was only
0: a 20 point win only a 20 point win to Brisbane which is massive for them because they'd never beaten a top four side before and more importantly just watching the game it never felt like the Giants were in it no
1: they shocked them they hunted them they had hmm. they so they pushed all their forwards up really high they knew that GWS had a slow back line they pushed all their forwards up really high Brisbane and it's got them at the back and GWS didn't have an answer for it and Well, you don't put any forward pressure on it comes out that easy. That's good luck catching Charlie Cameron, you know, Rayner and those sorts of blokes. Like, yeah, it just baffles me that, um, and there's no change. They didn't play with a goalkeeper. They didn't, you know, even when uh, Gold Coast, you know, Gold Coast like to do something a bit similar. Well, Carlton team started starting oh, we'll just put a goalkeeper in. Mm. They can kick long over the back, but we'll just intercept market, like.
0: So you hear this and we, I did set a snippet as well about Chris Scott saying that match day coaching is overrated. Do you think that's more the attitude of the top teams? So when you see like a Geelong, Collingwood and Giants, all in the weekend got beaten. Yeah. And there was very much a refusal to try and change game style. Is that a bit of the arrogance of a top team and their coaching panel saying, no, our, our style works. Like we're a top four team because this is the style of footy that wins games. And when it doesn't work, they just go, well, we're not changing. We refuse to change our style because... This is what will win us more games. I think, Whereas a Carlton will, will go, no, what? No, let's just change that. Let's try and win this game. And a Gold Coast will try and save and try and save face.
1: I think it, it, it can go one or two ways, and this is what Scott was alluding to, and Buckley's alluded to it too. you go into a game, so I mean, I mean, obviously we're only Baffer, but like we'll have we'll have a game plan f- for the year, right? We might adjust a game plan slightly to the opposition we're playing against, and this goes from you know seniors to 90s Like it, you might slightly adjust to whoever you're playing against because you mostly know who you're playing against and what they have and stuff. But you don't want to go overboard because the boys will take it almost too far um, and then it, it has a negative effect because if you worry about the opposition too much. The boys also worry about the opposition, not mm. worrying about playing footy. And Also, the, you can have the best laid plans in the world and, and all that stuff, but once the game starts, plans the things change. Yeah. So the need to adapt out there as well. So if you're... If you've got in their head that, you know, if we do this, this and this, we'll beat them and it doesn't work, then you need to go back to plan A. It's harder to get them to go back to plan A. So you you stick to your your game structures and stuff like that. And you might mention a few things that they like to do. You might tweak something slightly to adjust. But I think week to week, yes, you might, like I said, you might adjust a few things, but you don't want to change your game style too much. But you know, if you're chasing a game, you're going to tell the players, you know, let's take it on a bit more. Hmm. If you're defending a game, you might put a player on the ball or something like that, stuff like that. But yeah, it, it can, you know, especially from my experience when I concentrated too heavily on opposition player last year in, in our first final and players and even the opposition team, our team was more worried about that and defending and doing that stuff we forgot to play football. Yeah. So when I said, all right, we'll just worry about us and do what we do but have an eye on who one or two players and maybe send a bloke who's more team focused to go and understands a bit smarter then yeah. So it can go one or two ways. But I do So when th- you look
0: at the game on Friday night against Hawthorne and you could tell by the uh, definitely the end of the first quarter that Collingwood weren't there. Yeah. What you, what can you do then? Or is the back of your head as a coach just been like, Well we're not on, so I don't know what
1: we do. Well he flicked the maintenance around like he did against North Melbourne and it didn't have any effect. I think it's just it's just belief as well. So and he said that like they're lacking confidence. So you can tell them to go do this, do that. And if they don't have the confidence to pull it off or they're worried about making a mistake, well, then they're not gonna do it, are they? Yeah. So you gotta have, you gotta give their players that belief that, you know, look, you might stuff it up once or twice, but it's what I want you to do and backing me to do it. So if they do stuff it up, you don't go, oh, yeah. why were you doing that for? You know, you shouldn't have kicked out, what are you doing? Yeah, you know, look, yeah, it didn't come off, but it's exactly what we want to do. Maybe, you know, think about this, blah, blah, blah. But good work, keep going. Like, give it, Keep going. Don't, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Yeah. And so hopefully they kick one, and it, it comes off, and then all of a sudden it, it's a contagious thing. Yeah. And so,
0: obviously, I've put them both in the overrated for now. More so that as we obviously will still see them in the media as a top four candidate, both g and Collingwood. But I think right at the moment they won't play like one, so they shouldn't be considered one for when you're tipping them or betting with them. How many wins... Or how many have like, kind of good performances before we go and get back on their bandwagons?
1: Oh well, in strife because they got no Cali. They might lose Canilio this week, so <laughs> they're in they're in big strife against Richmond. So they probably lose another one, and then you start going. Hang on, and so I think they put a stat up the other night about the last five or six premiership teams from this game from this round in. have only lost like once, two or three, yeah. yeah, two or three games for the rest of the season. So you know if. <laughs> we lose another one or two and GWS lose another one or two, then Mosel might as well kiss it goodbye. They might still make finals, but where they're going to make, have an impact in the finals is very unlikely.
0: So the flip side of that are two teams that are definitely coming cherry ripe at the right time. These are my pending review teams because I feel like we can overreact this time of the year as well. So that's Brisbane, who since the bye have gone three straight, and Richmond, who obviously have back-to-back wins and the big one against the Gold Coast. Now, do either of those really stack up? Because, yes, Brisbane beat the Giants, but the Giants are on the decline. Other than that, it was pretty soft kills.
1: They set themselves as well, Giants. And they were very, very... They planned very, yeah. very well for the game, Yep. Yeah.
0: And then Richmond, obviously, just beat up massive Williams. on a Suns' side, they seem to beat up on all the time. So I feel like that's just, like, a historical quirk and a bit of a match-up thing as well. Yeah. Do any of those four lines stack up to suggest that they're actually the top four teams, well, along with West Coast and Geelong?
1: Well, Richmond have beaten, what, the last three weeks, they've beaten St Kilda. Yep. Yeah and uh, they beat Gold Coast. I can't remember who you beat before St. Kilda, but you've had three pretty easy kills. S- yeah. sort of kills. So a big, big challenge for you this week coming up against uh, West. You, you should really win the game. I think you're back, and I said it earlier in the year mm. that Richmond are premiership, my premiership favourites, they probably still are up there with West Coast. Just, it's just getting those players back and make sure they're ready to play and they, and they get some good continuity. But I think, you know, seeing your, your hunger and the way you're playing if you can pull it off again against JOS and you're probably just going a spiral up the market in, in premiership odds uh, Brisbane on the other hand I'm still a bit worried about what happened before the bye where they said they were tired they played really good football on the weekend but they really set themselves for it and they spoke about it post game they wanted to win away they wanted to make a statement which is you know again we spoke about this last week this is probably a game that's seen upset because they wanted to make a statement it interesting to see how they back it up this week against Port who, again. Port will want to win two in a row because of they've done it for a long time. Haven't done it for a while, and you know they've they had a big game last week, and you know they did that against long and then dropped off. and Brisbane want to keep they could keep going, but again they're travelling, so it's going to be an interesting game. I reckon I'm going to tip Port, but it's going to have how they play and how close they are have a big impact on whether people will think they're actually going to be close or not this year. So yeah, I'm definitely. Sold on Richmond. Um, uh, Brisbane are definitely going to make finals. Oh, absolutely. Hundred percent make finals. It's just whether they'll claim a scalp or be successful. I don't know, but yeah, um, it's, it's really it's there for the taking if they're good enough.
0: Mm-hmm. So. It's very much doggies areas or even Richmond areas from uh, two thousand. Even West Coast last year, mate. Yeah, very much the same. Speaking of great segue as always, Barrel the Bankables. So Geelong still very bankable. They play enough games at, at Kardinia. They got some easy kills at the end, back end of the uh, season. So. I'm still going to tip them. They had to have a little blip, but it's not as concerning as a blip as what the Giants or Collingwood are going through. But the new team I'm adding to the bankables from now on until basically the grand final is West Coast. Three wins since the bye. They've won eight of their last nine. Even when we everyone was saying, oh, they're in crisis, uh, they won every bloody week.
1: Did I not say this would happen? Eight out of nine. They've ha- it, scored. they round four or five. <laughs> get that clip up. They've scored 100
0: points in three of their last five games, yep. and a goodie win over Hawthorne at the MCG, proven they can win dirty if they have to as well. Yep. And they're playing this, getting healthier, knick-knacks back, oh. and he's already dominating after two weeks, imagine we're going to do it after six weeks. Have they
1: overtaken Geelong as the premiership favourites? Definitely, and they've got some serious talent all across all lines, and I'm still not so Geelong, and you know that. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the Doggies played Geelong perfectly on the weekend at Marvel, and interesting to see if St Kilda try something similar. They probably don't have the skill or the... Yeah, the personnel the, the person or the, the, the buy it, at the moment. To pull it off. But if they could do something similar and see what it, what the sort of effect it has on Geelong, would be interesting. Because uh, even now, Sal was playing more midfield time. So he's come off the wing now. He's playing more midfield time. So those sorts of things are starting to take shape. Because I think Geelong are starting to realise that uh, they've been fanned out a bit or their teams have found out a way to make it a bit tougher for them. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they've lost two since the bye already. So, yeah. you know, again, that premiership profile of they don't lose many after, after the bye. The bye. Yeah. Obviously, it helps with some of the teams they got coming up at, at Cadinia. But, but they, I mean, they'll, they'll probably still finish top. It's whether they can make it count in the finals. But, yeah, West Coast are unbelievable. And they, they, it's theirs to lose. Really is theirs to lose.
0: And at $4.50, now it's not jump on because they'll be into threes very, very quickly.
1: Mondays experts always know what's best. Always tell you what you should have done. Mondays experts always know what's cooking, how the game was lost, and how it could have been won. All
0: right, on to our round 17 preview. And I'm always hesitant to say this, but I think it's a it's a simpler week than most we've had this year. It body looks like it. <laughs> it looks like it, but. Well, when I say those kind of things, we always get weird upsets. And even last week, we picked a couple and then we missed out on a couple as well. So, my only upsets are I've only got two, and they're both on the Sunday. So, I've got Sunday 110, Richmond, $1.48 favourites against the Giants, $2.60 outsiders at the MCG. The line here, 14.5, the over under, 160. And after a tough start to the season, Richmond are after a top six scalp for the first time this year. As you said, massive game against the Giants. Uh, whereas the Giants, after two poor weeks, need to bounce back and kind of prove that A, they can play at the MCG, and B, they can beat quality opponents. Yeah. So, what, what will play out of here, do you think? And is, it, is there any angle to suggest the Giants will actually bounce back?
1: Not really, because they've still got the scoring problems. And that's something where Richmond will probably be going to tell them. So, GMS only, sc- only score from stoppages at yeah. the moment. Pretty much that's it. They, they scored one point on the weekend from a turnover. Now, Richmond won't allow them that luxury at the, at the stoppages because they've got, a, you know, Soldo's been handy. They've got um, Mobile Troll as well and a few others, plus their midfield's getting on top. Like, you know, uh, Prestia and Kotchen are playing that more defensive sort of role and allowing others to come in and run forward. And you saw the surge numbers on the weekend as well against Gold Coast. So, getting that, that, that style of play they had going really, really well coming, going again, and I don't think GWS can handle it. And I don't think they can handle it without Kelly... You know, and probably without Caniglio, and I think Mumford's to that. So that Dawson got run over, like Martin did a number on him. So they're really struggling uh, for in the midfield sort of area, and then defensively, with your small forwards and how you know the Brisbane small forwards did a number on them. I think again that's something where it's a massive plus for you guys, and I. If you can keep Cameron quiet... And Himmelberg's the only danger in their four line. Mm. Toby Green pops up here and there when it's on his terms. But none of them really put a lot of forward pressure on or they drift in and out of games a lot. If you can keep Cameron quiet and Finlayson quiet, they're not going to score either. And we saw, we've saw we seen it last couple of weeks where if Cameron's not involved in the game, they're, they're out. So, yeah. And he doesn't really impose himself either. And you, I reckon you've got enough enough down back to cover them as well. So I, just, I, I can't see... Any any way how GWS get anywhere near this game, Richmond at the lines, Monty it's gonna be a wet game as well, which plays in the Richmond's hand because GWS like to you know use their feet, their foot skills and and move the ball really quickly and you know open it up and the orange tsunami sort of style and you know again from stoppages they like to get it out and go, but that's not gonna help on a wet Sunday so not at all. Richmond should win this and win this comfortably.
0: And so, two very interesting stats. One, if it is a wet game, you want to try and get a bit more distance from your kicks. The Giants ranked last in the competition for uh, meters gained per kick, just 23.6. So, I like that Hollywood style, short, sharp, kick and go type um, play style. And that doesn't work when it's a bit wet or it's just hard. Yeah. And the second one is they uh, average 32 tackles away from stoppage. So, their secondary stoppage is uh, pressure and intent and tackling is very poor. They ranked last in the competition. For any pressure acts outside the initial contest, so they're actually, their numbers flatter them because they're quite good at contested ball. They're, they're talent, quite, they're quite good at all the stat hog stuff. Like they're very good super coach side. Their talent,
1: but, yeah, talent gets them a long way. Yeah, but,
0: but all the other non-negotiables that you see from other things effort, stuff, yeah. is not there. And so, yeah, Richmond obviously the tip here for us, and yeah, the cover-up should be on on a nice cold Sunday in July. Second one. Interesting to see where these lines go later in the week, but I have it as an upset alert at the moment. Sunday, 4.40, yet another Brisbane game to round out the week. Port Adelaide hosting. hosting, adult 62 favourites. Brisbane, $2.25, Outsiders, Adelaide Oval they'll be playing at. The line's very slender, 8.5. The over-under, quite high for this year, 164. And so far this year, Port Adelaide have had this kind of format for the last eight weeks. They win, they lose, and then they repeat that, ad nauseum. So will this be the week where they string two to back to back?
1: I reckon it is. I, so I, I have a feeling there might be a fall for uh, Brisbane, Brisbane this week. Yeah. So my feeling is that, um, they got themselves really pumped up. They they set themselves hundred percent for that game last week. They have got to travel again, which you know it takes a bit out here Yeah. Uh, they got to you know Hipwood might not play. He's got an injury hurt his knee. and bravely played on and just stood there pretty much for the game against GLS. <laughs> when you do that sort of stuff, you, you, you tend to drop off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Port, on the other hand, you know, really set, really played a really good game against Adelaide. They were strong, played that quick style of football, really attacked it. Um, Charlie Dixon's a massive in for them, a massive, massive in. Uh, and, you know, they lost Boak before the game as well. So Boat comes back in. That midfield all of a sudden looks pretty good, and they got the speed as well. And, yeah, their style of football at Adelaide Oval is, 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 has been really, really good. And I just think they'll, it'll be a bit of a shootout. Uh, I just think, think Porter too good. So, but do you trust them to back up after a showdown? They just have to, surely. But history
0: suggests they don't.
1: I oh, know, but Harris Andrews on Charlie Dixon would be a great matchup. Lysette versus Martin would be awesome. You got Rosé and those sorts of blokes running around, and you know at the other end you got Cameron and you know um, Houston and and, and um, Butters and all those sorts of guys. It's going to be a really exciting game, but the midfield the midfield battle will be interesting because you know they've probably got more leg speed, uh, Brisbane.
0: And they make their like advantage win. They make their uh, hit out to advantage count a lot more than other teams do. So twenty three percent of their hit-outs to advantage one around those stoppages. That's what, they, that's what they average. That's yeah. by far up there with some of the best in the league. And again, Martin's obviously an underrated Ruckman still. I don't yeah. know how, yeah. but that's where he's at. And I think that's where they can get the advantage off port. The only problem then is that secondary stuff which we say, even though they're up and down port each week, their post-clearance stuff's really good. Ooh. So they do enough in their big wins to cover their when well, they, they drop off in their losses.
1: Where it's different is, so against Adelaide, it came off. They hit targets. Yeah. The, the Adelaide's pressure was non-existent as well. So if Brisbane bring the gas and, and, you know, allow allow them to turn it over, then it obviously opens up Brisbane because Brisbane will be able to score the other way. And the same goes with Port, if they bring the pressure like, you know, teams have like Collingwood and Carlton did to Brisbane, Brisbane will butcher the footy and turn it over as well. Yeah. And that allows Adelaide, Port Adelaide to score the other way. So it's going to be an interesting game where I think it, unless you know, both teams play a rip sort of, it's going to be a blowout either way I reckon not a blowout but it'll be a good 5-6 goal win yep. so I reckon that's probably where I am I'm heading towards Port just because I'm at home and I just feel like they're, they're starting to build something down there and it's if they don't win this week and, and after this I'm, I'm off I'm forever they're going to join the Melbourne basket of just hate pure hatred because I've backed them in a few times now in the last two years to turn it around and they've let me down and this could be another one I just think at home uh, the the way they played last week they haven't had to travel Brisbane travel you know they've travelled to Canberra back to Brisbane now to Adelaide and you know like I said they've really set themselves for last week and they're probably due to come back to earth a bit this week so yeah
0: I got much the same I just reckon Port are due to come back down to earth after having a barnstorming showdown win and uh, I said last week that I would say that Port would win the showdown and then lose the week after so I'm sticking with it Brisbane to win two dollars twenty five. And if you uh, did go with that, with a cheeky 10 or so, you'll be up for about 10 bucks. So uh, enjoy that one. If it comes off, I'll be tipping Brisbane. All right, 50-50 pick. And a lot of these supporters are coming out of the woodwork now with a bit of head wobble because the they the feel like they're funnels bound. Essendon supporters so man? Oh, Essendon and North supporters. So oh, Saturday...
1: definitely Essendon supporters up in about the moment.
0: Oh, definitely. Saturday, four thirty-five. dollars 35 Essendon and, and Rodella 80 favourites, very slim favourites. North, $2 outsiders at Marvel Stadium. The line here is three and a half. And the over-under, 167, even though it's a North game. So, interesting areas there. These are arguably the form sides, and inverted commas, of the AFL. Both sides have won four of their last five. The Dons coming off an ugly win against Sydney. North, a soft kill against St Kilda. Does any of those form lines matter? Because, like, yes, they've won four of their last five. But are they really playing the style of footy that's that impressive?
1: So, you look at... GWS and Sydney games against Essendon. GWS and Sydney had a quarter and a half, two quarters. They absolutely dominated in-game and just could not put on the scoreboard. Yeah. And then somehow Essendon get a run on the last quarter. And to be fair, they take the game on and McGrath was awesome on the weekend. Absolutely outstanding. And he is the future captain of that, of that club. But and they, they just had a few other things go their way with the men in green like they did against GWS. And all of a sudden they pull off a win. So... My worry for Essendon is they're they're still inconsistent in the fact that they're inconsistent during games. Mm-hmm. They got no Ruckman. Yep. So last week, you know,
0: they're playing Clark. Yeah,
1: they're playing Clark. Yeah, but last week I Ali um, literally beat Clark. Yeah, absolutely. And Other was, than the last quarter
0: where I think Clark got on top a couple of times, we just like you know a clutch grab here and like yeah. a bit of my nothing Ruck no, nothing Ruck related though. But
1: they broke more even when. During the contest, when uh, I reckon McKern went in the ruck. So mm-hmm. i would be to see what they do at, at, the, at the selection table where they drop Clark and just play McKern more ruck. And obviously, Heppel might come back in, might not. And there's a doubt on Hurley as well. So all of a sudden, Hooker has to go back. And you know, the last couple of weeks when he's gone forward, he's proved something, he's given him something. Because at, at the moment, going forward for Essen, they're still butchering the football going inside 50. Yep. So, and, you know, Drake, Jake Stringer's kicking, you know, his two or three miracle goals a game, but he's really not sighted. Um, Tiffin Woody's doing his bit. But there's not really a big goal kicker down there. And, you know, Mitch Brown and McKernan aren't done, especially if McKernan has to play more on the ruck. And obviously you lose Hurley, so Hooker means has to go back and play on a Brown. They've got Larky, got plenty of other smalls. I, 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 if North Melbourne bring what they've bought to their game since Reece Shaw's been in, mm-hmm. that hard contest cracking in, you know, this, the simple game style... They will beat Essendon hands down. If the, if for some reason it drops off, then Essendon are a good chance here because it's at Marvel mm-hmm. and they can play that quick, slick style of footy. And like I said, they are starting to turn, become more of a forward pressured side. So instead of relying where they were on you know um, back half turnovers to score, they're now able to get forward half turnovers. That being
0: said, though, they still rank last in the comp, not for inside fifty efficiency. But for inside fifty turnovers, yeah. So forty five percent of their kicks inside fifty result in a in the opposition getting possession.
1: Yeah, forty
0: five percent. Nearly every second kick is a turnover, which is a worry. That's that's beyond a worry. Yeah. It's almost not even worth kicking it in.
1: So yeah, I'm, I'm tipping North because they're the yeah. better value. I'm not going to bet on this game. with Not touching it. With the, anyway, not going anywhere near it. But two bucks for North, and and obviously the tip. I'm tipping North. Yeah. Just just pure, like I said, inconsistencies from Essendon. like They fight in and out of games. and You just don't know which Essendon you get. So As we
0: said that before, Essendon are in the untouchables. balls. You can't trust them. We don't yep. know which Essendon you're going to get. North yep. have turned up over a long period now with the same thing each week. You can trust them. When you have a trustworthy team versus an untrustworthy team, the obvious thing is to take the trustworthy team. Yep. Don't let us down North. On to our so-called short things. There are six this week. So it should be a nice, relaxed, tipping week fingers crossed it starts Friday night 8.10 at Optus Stadium West Coast are playing Collingwood West Coast $40 40 favorites Collingwood $2.80 outsiders the line is only 18 points despite everyone being very doomsday about the Pies chances the over under are quite paltry 158 and this is of course what they call an 8 point game because if the Eagles win this and potentially do a number on the Pies then basically the top 2 gap becomes a proper gap Mm -hmm. and then it's a race for 3rd and 4th
1: yep and they will I can't believe it's turned half. I'd pick my own line, at 29, 30 and a half, and we won't score more than 60, 65 points. We're, in, we'll probably take the game on a bit more. but It'll probably help West Coast. So yeah, I don't really want to talk about this game. We we'll get flogged, so West Coast will we win comfortably and we're no good. So. Do you think? You can bring the pressure. So the crazy fact I found about this
0: is that even though West Coast get lambasted for their lack of pressure, apparently, especially at the contest, contested ball, all the basic stats you can bring up if you have an app, shout-outs to Footy Live, but they receive the like the least pressure in the competition. So it doesn't matter if you don't pressure, if no one pressures you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So go the unknowns of West Coast seem to get... Forgotten. Everyone goes back to these kind of premiership profiles and all this kind of stuff. Like, well, no, it worked last year and it's working again. Eight out of nine yeah. games. Whereas, as you said, Collingwood are in absolute shambles at the moment. And uh, yeah, there's not a lot of uh, positive ratings there. Lots of red in the stats column. I won't make you cry by reading them all out. Tip West Coast. In terms of the betting perspective, you can have West Coast to cover for ninety, the 17.5, or you can take West Coast 40 plus, $3.75. Put,
1: put, put it this way West Coast 4 line, Cameron Rioli. Uh, Ryan, Darling, Cripps, and uh, Kennedy. you yeah, are going to have a field day. There you go. Big score for West Coast at
0: 375. Looks pretty juicy. Saturday, one forty-five. Sydney are taking on Carlton. Sydney are th- 3 Three favourites. Carlton, $3.20 outsiders at the SCG. The line here is 21.5. The over-under, one fifty-eight. And Carlton are no longer a gimme team, having won two of the last four games and being pretty competitive in the other than... So they're now an annoyance. When you play them, you're like, "We're gonna get something from them. I, they might, they might yeah. not win. They probably won't win, but you know they're gonna actually put up and contest the game."
1: If Carlton can not give up a five goal lead like they have every game for the last five or mm-hmm. six games, especially in the first quarter, if Carlton can hit a target in the a, first quarter, yeah, for, for first half, yeah, that was some of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen in a football game, like Melbourne Carlton last week. I reckon Carlton are a sneaky chancy. A
0: sneaky chance or an actual viable chance? I Will you be actual, putting
1: some hard-earned on it? I reckon, I reckon the line of 21 and a half is, is well worth a bet. Yep. Um, they've been competitive, they've been in games. Yes, their skill and decision-making sometimes lets them down and, you know, whether they get Kurner or Crips, those sorts of blokes back, I'm not sure, but, you know, I think they're, they're they're playing a lot better football and it probably suits them in the smaller ground the SCG as well with the way they've been playing the last few weeks. Um, and Sydney ha- aren't are struggling to score goals like Reed wasn't up like against Essen, going inside 50 wasn't a problem but keeping the ball in there and scoring was mm-hmm. and they'll be doing a few uh, a few advantage uh, calls they, yeah. calls they took with Patley and Blakey where there should have been two goals probably you know difference in the game really especially at the moments so they did it um, yeah I just I'm not really you know what you get from Sydney you know what you get from Carlton Three and a half head start for Sydney is probably a bit much. I would not be surprised at all if Carlton win this. Uh, But I'm going to tip Sydney. But Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, Carlton have been very impressive the last few weeks. And since Bolton's been gone, it's funny how I've been saying for the last two years, Bolton's the problem. He's gone and they're starting to actually show some potential.
0: They are. And they're starting to cost you some money because in the last three matches, Carlton have averaged 86 points. Ranked third in the competition. There you go. So uh, I think... Gonna, we're going to ruin the decision to uh, put all that cash on the 61-75 at the start of
1: the season. But that was relying on Bolton being there all year. Yeah, so. and, and then playing the same sort of style and so, yeah. all those sorts of things. But yeah, no, I, I said at the start of the year. Yeah, we're 20, always happy to
0: be proven wrong, especially exactly when
1: it's a positive story. And 23 weeks is a long time, so. Saturday, 2-10, Hawthorne are
0: hosting Fremantle. Hawthorne dollar $1.42 favourites. Fremantle, $2.73 outside they're heading all the way down to Launceston. You think it was cold and wet in Melbourne tonight? It's going to be even colder and wetter in Launceston. And the season is quickly slipping away from the Dockers as injuries are compounding lamentable losses and their funnels are basically long forgotten. Meanwhile, Clark goes out selling hope, saying, actually, Hawthorne might be a sneaky chance of sneaking
1: into the eight. Uh, Do you
0: agree with him, or is he just selling hope to the fans?
1: He's selling hope to the fans. Actually, no, i might tip for him early. Why? I just reckon they've been hammered the last three weeks and Hawthorne aren't that good. All right, so... Fremantle have won once
0: out of eleven games in Launceston. And That one time they didn't—they shouldn't even won that game because that was Sirengate against St Kilda. I just—they do—they have never won a game, a legitimate game in Launceston since two thousand
1: and six. I'm gonna wait for teams here before I make a final call, but I would not be surprised if Fremantle win this because they've been under the pump and all It'd be he... very Fremantle. Fremantle came to Melbourne and beat Collingwood. Yep. Yeah. But the GWS beat GWS and they've done that all year. And I think whenever they've been under the pump, and there's a few teams in this boat who've been under the pump in the media for a week or so, they tend to bounce back and they fall away again. So I, I can see them beating because you know, Hawthorne are struggling to score points. They're struggling <laughs> to score and they're not playing really pretty football. Um, they haven't got, really got a forward that's, you know, standing up, taking marks and kicking lots of goals. And that's probably... I know, you know Freeman have been, got pumped last week and they've been under fire a bit, but they've got a pretty good defense. I know they miss um, Pierce a bit with his injury, but they've still got a really good defense. Uh, their midfield's pretty pretty handy. I think their midfield is covers um, Hawthorne's midfield. It's just whether they can get it going and, and get it inside their four line again. And they're having trouble scoring as well just because they've got injuries to all their key forwards. So, But if a couple of their smalls can get off the chain like Matera and you know, Walters and those sorts of blokes, maybe they're, they're a sniff and to be safe you know, the line's 15 and a half maybe if it's be a, an ordinary day in, in uh, Launceston like it usually is maybe he's back the line. good fencing by you there the obvious
0: tip there is Hawthorne as you said initially and uh, again it's just little things so the Dockers will have to win it and never turn it over really to be a chance against Hawthorne they're yep. terrible at winning their ball back at forcing turnovers at, at tackle pressure away from the stoppage that's been the big stat this year in a high on a high pressure environment that is. 2019 AFL you have to be super super good at secondary stoppage and post stoppage like pressure yep. and they don't bring that very very often whereas the Hawks do and we know that the Hawks are very bankable and we know that Fremantle aren't so again it's a very reliable team versus an unreliable team you can get caught into backing in the skill and backing in the X Factor don't do that in my opinion Back in what is reliable the Hawks will turn up they'll pressure they'll hunt and they'll grind out another uh, pretty average win Speaking of average, Saturday, 7.25. Geelong are $1.06 favourites against St Kilda, who are $7.50 outsiders. How the mighty have fallen. Geelong win this by 60, and I don't think we
1: need to talk much about
0: it. Okay. I reckon Geelong win this by 100. (laughs) I reckon. And the only reason why I say that is because Geelong have form in the department. They don't mind rolling up the sleeves and just... Bashing a poor side, yeah, especially when they're down, yeah. Especially when they're down, especially when they have a the point to prove, yeah. It, it'll get the overhyped merchants back on their back on their uh, on their bandwagon. It'll yeah. you know it'll sell the uh, papers in Geelong. It'll do all the things that Geelong need to do to to roll in the finals. It'll get that talk about we deserve a home final. Everything Geelong wants to happen, and St Kilda, as you've mentioned multiple times, they've kind of nothing to play for. Not playing for the coach, they know he's gone. Yeah. They're not playing for finals. Not playing for draft picks because uh, the Gold Coast Suns will get a priority one, so even that saves Carlton's bacon long term.
1: The, the only thing that I can see being a problem is the weather. It's going to be really ordinary weather as we to be hearing now in our background uh, from t- tonight, pretty much right through to the middle of late to next week. So if it's a wet, windy day, and yeah, July, that puts a hundred uh, pretty hard to yeah, do. But Correct. I still think they'll flog them.
0: Yeah, so uh, Geelong to cover is a dollar ninety, obviously at forty five points. Geelong to win by sixty or more is two dollars seventy five. And Geelong to win by 100 is $15. Yeah. So uh, plenty of value there. Just check your uh, your bomb radars before you even go to that game, if you're a Geelong fan, or uh, have a little punt on some margins. Saturday, equally as a non-competitive game, seven twenty-five. Gold Coast, $4.65. Outsiders, Adelaide $1.17. Favourites, which seems a bit ridiculous. They're playing at Metricon Stadium, and the line here is a massive 31 315 half. For an overrated side like Adelaide, the over/under 157. So for that to play out, like they're expecting Gold Coast not to score more than 50 points.
1: Yep, and I reckon Gold Coast after what they've what they dished up last week, they'll probably bounce back a bit. Mm. Although some of their downfield vision was pretty ordinary, at Gold Coast. But I wouldn't be surprised Adelaide win by a fair bit. But I, I couldn't care less. Adelaide will probably just win. And actually, I agreed with something what Robbo said the other night on uh, 360. three sixties, like, I, I couldn't care less what they do this week. It's what they do the following week. Yeah. Because actually, someone's actually caught on to the fact they're no good. And they were, anyone can beat Gold Coast at the moment, even St. Kilda can. So, if they rock up and beat them by 50, 60 points, it means nothing. That's what they do the week after. And they will, they'll probably rock up and win by, you know, 40 or 50 points.
0: And realistically, they on. should, because Richmond scored 50 against them in a quarter.
1: Yes. So... Well, Richmond had 100 before half time. so... Mm. Uh, yeah, they. I think uh, it could be a long second half of the season for Gold Coast, which is no fault of their own, and uh, no real,
0: um, you know, slander on their coaching staff or whatever. It's always going to be a tough season given what's happened beforehand, and they still show up. Like they, yeah, some of it's ugly, but they still kind of play with, with some kind of bastion of buy-in, which is which is good. But hopefully, I, they don't get bashed I, any time. Heard, I
1: heard the best solution to the Gold Coast. Uh, for their draft concession mm-hmm. yesterday give them picks one, two and three but they have to trade them. Oh yeah. So get, imagine if the, uh, say they rocked up to your club and said we'll give you the first three picks in the club Yeah. you give us Riewoldt, uh Nank and Rant. Yeah. We'd say you're laughing but it's for Like you're going to yeah, get, yeah, you're yeah. Gonna get two, two gun once you know, yeah. once in a generation midfielders Yeah. And he could probably pick up a pretty handy Ruckman. Yeah, a no,
0: utility-type player, yeah.
1: Well, there's a good Ruckman from Western Australia, I reckon, who's probably going to be one of the best players in the draft. Whether he goes top three or four, I don't know, because I don't generally take Ruckman that early. Ruckman early but Jackson from WA is be a very, very good player. I mean, I, I reckon if they came to Collingwood and said, oh, look, we want still, we want still side bottom, Darcy Moore, and um, another midfielder, whoever, Taylor Adams, for instance. Yeah. I'd take that because you didn't get Noah and Anderson, who are best mates, who are guns, and maybe even they give them the first three picks, and they say, well, or even they keep two of the first three picks, and they get Noah and Anderson in. Mm. Those two are together. Their best mates have gone, and played footy together everywhere. It gives them a more of a chance of actually keeping their draftees instead of yeah, drifting, drifting in and out. off. So, anyway, that's that's for another probably another topic for another day. But I was just I heard that the other day, and I thought that's actually probably the best idea they've had instead of all this other crap they keep coming up with because continually drafting young kids isn't going to help. Do you reckon they're going to get the concession pick though? Yes. So, where does that leave Adelaide and Carlton? Well, stiff pickies because to be honest, they, AFL want Gold Coast to work. They need Gold Coast oh, to obviously. work. Obviously. And then so it's just
0: it's hilarious now because we've been giving uh, Carlton stick all year for that trade and in the end, they probably actually won't be that far off being
1: parry again. Just, just means yeah, Adelaide probably get pick three or pick four instead yeah. of pick two. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty funny areas. Adelaide, obvious
0: pick there. And around out the weekend, an interesting game for some viewers. 320 on a Sunday. The Western Bulldogs are a dollar fifty-one favourites against Melbourne, two fifty outsiders at Marvel Steam. The line here is two goals, the over-under one sixty-eight. And after knocking off the cats. The Doggies are 7 and 8 and are in striking distance to the finals. There are a lot of teams with a striking distance to the finals. So before you jump in there, the boys of the West have brought it against most games against the top teams and then let themselves down against the cellar dwellers. So can they get an easy kill and make it look easy? Make them look like they're a team that deserves to be in the top 8.
1: Two things in Westworld's favour here. Yep, Melbourne are no good. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> but Tom McDonald's out. And yep. it's at Marvel. Yep. Doggies midfield is very, very good and they get it on the outside and they're very, very good. They can't score. Mm-hmm. They got away with it last week. Norton came through for him for the first time in about eight weeks. Yep. Well done to him. Um, I have a sneaky feeling though. So, Doggies don't really string a lot of wins together. No. They generally have two, maybe three, and then they go back and they, they go back to playing their usual crap football and they get beaten by teams they sh- should probably beat or they're on par with. Yes. And the media jumps... Doesn't really jump on him, but they make mention of it and they come out and beat someone and it all disappears because yeah. it's Luke Beveridge for some reason, everyone's scared of him. I reckon Melbourne are a very sneaky chance here.
0: Based on what?
1: I just think that they can beat Western Bulldogs up on the inside and if
0: Doesn't matter though, what do they do when they kick it? Well, they're starting They did not hit a target for a half. They kicked hundred points last week. They did, and they kicked it in a half a footy when the other team stopped playing defence they had three if you watch that game they, yeah they hung on Tom McDonald bullied a bunch of young kids in the back line Put a, you, you could have just ignored that game from the annals of AFL history that, oh, game, yeah, that like, game meant McDonald nothing kicked, to either time
1: McDonald kicked three of his goals from direct kickings ins that hit him on the t- yeah. chest 10 minutes out I do know I just I don't know maybe and Melbourne did over celebrate I'm, like, I'm probably going to tick the dogs but I'll just ha- again this is the, one of the ones where I reckon the
0: dogs, the dogs have taken it to Collingwood and yeah. they've beaten Geelong Yep. And you think they're going to lose to Melbourne. And they lost to Carlton. And they lost to Carlton,
1: yes. So. They have form. And they lost to the Gold Coast.
0: But Melbourne have only won four games. And two of those have been against the bottom sides.
1: I know. I'm just saying that I have a feeling this might be a bit closer and a bit tighter than we think. And it's you know I have I've had these feelings all year I've got I've been getting the most of them right. Yeah. And when I've when I've gone to get like last week you know I said Brisbane you know fifty-fifty should probably pick them. I was very iffy about picking them. Yep. I wanted to probably kind of pick him, but just went and said no I've got to be smart here and, and pick the obvious pick and, and it hurt me. And same with the week before so I'm just my gut seems to be going all right at the moment it's probably 'cause it's getting bigger. Yeah. Um, and it's just becoming more of a Buddha like. Thing it's yep. just, I'm, it's I'm got rubbing, like its own brain. I'm rubbing it and it's, it's giving me good luck. So, Melbourne and, and Freya, I've just got a funny feeling about
0: it. There you go. Well, don't trust the untrustables and Melbourne cannot be touched. Doggies, doggies win, doggies cover, doggies, doggies, doggies.
1: A double your money and make a stack. On to the next one, on to the next on to the next
0: favourite segment of the podcast money making time here are feature bets for round 17 starting off with our best bets Baz what have you got for us this week
1: I think my best bet's going to be the total match points for port Allade, Brisbane over 164.5 I reckon it'll definitely be a bit of a shootout Gen- generally both high scoring teams I think that's my best bet There you go. My best bet will be
0: North to beat Essendon at huge value as well. That's two bucks. It's a very consistent team over the last month and a half versus a very inconsistent team over the last month and a half. Take the dependables over the unbackables. North to win, paying two bucks. What's your value on offer here,
1: Baz? Uh, I'm doing a bit of a U here. Carlton have been starting pretty poorly in games, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I reckon Sydney at the line in the first quarter five and a half a dollar ninety three is pretty good value.
0: There you go. Interesting dad, determination there of value, but I like it. I'm going to go a bit more of a longer odds for my value. West Coast by 40-plus. I'm buying into your negativity here. I reckon they do a massive number, flex their premiership muscle, and that's
1: paying $3.75. And my probably two better values, you could probably say, probably uh, I'm going to also probably multi together for a bit of a rough is uh, Sydney to score 76 in match points and then St Kilda to score 61 to 75 match points which is $3.30 and $3.40, respectively.
0: There you go. Well, I disagree with your St. Kilda one. This one has a massive asterisk. If it is dry on Saturday at Cadinia Park, Geelong to win by 100 points, it's paying 15 bucks. Super rough, and only if it's dry. Massive asterisks. If you have uh, any bets you want to pass on to us, send us your picks, your tips, or your hot takes to at FC underscore mag underscore oz or to our Facebook page, which is Spotting Chance Magazine, or tell us face-to-face down at the Yorkshire Hotel, because even if it's raining, lightning, thundering, and blowing a gale, their fireplace will be warm, their beers will be cold, and there will be footy on the TV.
1: Come on!